0: Before we get started today, I wanted to direct your attention to d2cplus.co, where we have $1 trials for our private membership community, where you're going to get access to all of our amazing workshops and challenges like the Influencer Flywheel Challenge, the Automation Challenge, and the Standout with Snapchat, our Snapchat uh, Challenge. you get a full course library. You'll get access to our private group. You'll get access to these podcasts uh, when they are recorded, where you can ask questions live. Uh, you're going to want to join D2Cplus.co, and you can do it right now for a dollar. So you should go there right now. D2Cplus.co, join for $1 only and get all of that awesome D2C goodness. There's never been a better time to be a direct to consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday. This is my fourth intro. Uh, I am Eric Dick, host of the D2C podcast. And today we are live with Julian Norman, the CEO of the Pilot House Email Division, as well as his frontline campaign coordinator, Graham Batty. Uh, Today we're talking about the importance of email segmentation. And just to kick things off, Julian, I'm wondering if if you could tell us what you think is the number one thing that uh, D2C brands do wrong with their email segmentation.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, breaking it down from D to C, there, there's a lot of uh, of segmentation issues. I think overall, with email as a whole, um, in email marketing, the one thing that most brands don't consider is is segmentation uh, by engagement. Uh, a lot, a lot of accounts that we uh, end up doing audits on or come in on, uh, they have really, really poor engagement segmentation set up on their account. So that means that. They are just mailing their entire list. Uh, they're not mailing to people who've regularly engaged with them, and therefore messaging the people who who have the most relevancy um, or association with the brand. And I think that it's really, really important to set up those uh, segments early on uh, in your in your uh, email account, so that um, as you do, kind of tend to lose people. There, there's always like a certain amount of churn on an email account, right? Like you can't keep everybody engaged all the time um, as people, were, you know, our attention spans uh, rise and fall. And um, and at some point that those people might lose touch with your brand and that's okay. Um, but I think the, the the thing that most brands get wrong is that they should always be just hammering those people. Um, and that can really, really affect your sending reputation. It can ruin the relevancy of your brand to your consumers. Um, and it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know treating everybody the same when really there's the best way to treat them is individualized attention. You want to treat the people who are actively contributing uh, to your email program by opening your emails, engaging with those emails the most often. Those are the people you want to be hitting. And you also want to be uh, setting up those segments so that you can remove the people uh, who aren't engaging, uh, so that you can keep your costs down. Uh, and keep your sending reputation high.
0: That's what I was going to dig in on a little bit. Like, you know, devil's advocate is I've like, got this big ass list. Why not mail them every time? You know, we're going to get all the engaged people. They're, they're going to get the message. Um, but the real reason you don't want to do that is, A, you're paying for each one of those those people on your whatever email provider that you're using. And second of all, it could really damage your sending reputation. At what What is the point at which, at, you know, obviously we want to be doing these segments from the beginning. But what is that threshold for email that you really need to be worried about your Uh, about your sending reputation
1: um i mean it people have differing theories on this just be just from like a list hygiene perspective uh but we like to say like if you're consistently hitting anything less than like 13 to 15 percent uh you're going to start having an an issue anything less than that and you're really getting into hot water um you know that and, and that should be like your your sort of benchmark. Um, if your campaigns are not hitting that, uh, you should be um, split testing your open uh, your, your open rate by subject line, uh, preview text. Um, you can you can you can uh, you can test your your sender's name as well. Uh, you really want to get that first initial open metric up, and then worry about the the click through rate and conversion rate after, because the open rate is is the one that that really uh, is the the kind of the first barrier. Or, or the first problem uh, that will that will send negative metrics back to the inbox providers and and ruin your sending reputation. Nice, not nice, Uh, but you you don't want that. Uh, It's not nice. No, uh, it's uh, not uh, nice because you don't hit inbox.
0: (laughs) I've been there. Uh, I wanted to. What are the three most important types of email
1: segmentation? Would you say? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that really does depend on your industry. Like the brands that we deal with. Uh, most typically, here is is an e-commerce brand, uh, DTC e-commerce, um, and so for us, it's it's a little bit different than than some other industries. Um, engagement is 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 huge for uh, if you're sending a newsletter, right? Because you want you want to maximize the amount of people that are that have eyeballs on your content, and then of course you want them to click through to to your website, uh, so you can retarget them, give them give them offers, things like that. Uh, but one of the one of the segments that we think is is really really important um, because we are Klaviyo specialists is uh, the the viewed and purchased product um, segments. Um, so you can set up a, a segment of people who've viewed your product if you have the um, if you have the viewed product uh, script uh, attached to your to your e-commerce store, um, and then obviously any e-commerce portal will have a, a payment gateway, uh, so you can also track whether people have bought your product or not um, and then i would say maybe the the and those are the, separate uh, <laughs> those reviewed <who laughs> and didn't purchase and those who did purchase yeah i mean you can you can set those up really kind of however you want like you could um you could set it up so that they had viewed at a certain time period and bought at a certain time period those are those are segmentation options that you can you can really play with and people who
0: saw and them. bought right away who bought really quick yeah, like or yeah quick or, or, or the same segments. time
1: yes yeah, so, or sorry sorry to, uh, to jump in there but yeah so it's who, who saw in x amount of days and bought in x amount of days you can set up that segment um but really those two especially if you're selling a, a product that you know that is coming to somebody's door, really want to work on, uh, figuring out, okay, if I'm sending out a campaign that features this product, it's the hero image of my, of my email campaign. Um, am I going to be sending this to people who who bought the product less than 30 days ago? If it's a 30 day consumable product, or am I going to be sending it to people who bought it more than 30 days ago and the people who've viewed the product? So those are like two really nice segments that you can play. You can play a lot with um, when you're building these campaigns and uh, basing it around a certain product or a certain service that you offer. And then I would say, I'm trying to think of the third one that really, really brings up the rear there. I would say probably um, the, the next one is actually engagement for us, at least. Like it's it's one of the ones that we don't like to miss in any send. Um, and and we, actually, uh, we actually really enjoy uh, segmenting uh, with unengaged people to try and re-engage them and then sending uh, the, uh, the same campaign duplicated to our engaged segment to compare the metrics and also to build that engagement um, that engage segment. So you know we, we don't do this every time because obviously we want to protect our reputation. we want to keep metrics high. But when we've got a big uh, when we've got a client with a big big sale uh, and we don't want to miss out on any of that that potential revenue, uh, we will typically segment out to the engaged segment and the unengaged segment for both purchasers and viewers um, in differing formats. Uh, and then just kind of analyze the metrics as they come back and say, okay, well, we got this many opens on the unengaged segment. All those people now live in our engaged segment. And the next send that we send out, uh will have that many more potential recipients.
0: I love it because it, like, we talk about having... Um... You know, wanting to know who your most engaged people are, but that still leaves a big chunk of your list who are potentially unengaged. And it's not like you want to stop messaging them. It's not like you just you don't want to just delete them right away. I remember when even I was setting up some of the the unengagement flows on um, on the newsletter, which we've started working together on. I was like, okay, you know, send them a message. If they don't if they don't open that message, they're off the list. And so I had this instinct of you know cutting people off the list, but you don't want yeah. to be, you definitely don't want to be that ruthless. Can you talk a little bit about how you segment on the back half of engagement for the what, people that aren't as engaged?
1: Yeah, so um, mo- most ESPs now will have a, uh, will have a, a more or less like a, a, a win-back uh, engagement um, flow. And what you can do is you can set your window of engagement that makes the most sense for you as, as a business. Um, and, you know, for some people, that could be as little as, you know, 30 days. But typically, uh, you sit around this 30 to 90-day range. Um, and you want to give people a little bit of time. Like you, we're, we're all busy, right? Like some of us have multiple inboxes and we're getting hundreds of emails a day or or even more in some cases, if it's like multiple work inboxes. Um, and if you're saying, well, after 30 days, when I send only three emails a month, I'm going to cut these people. You're not really giving them the chance to re-engage with your brand. Um, and and they could want to. But are just busy people they have we all have busy lives and we've got things to do and sometimes the inbox just kind of gets left behind so um setting up your engagement at a at a frequency of sends that makes sense to you as a brand is really really important uh, i know that we talked about with dtc it was like you know well we send at least once a week um and and it, our our core sends are, are once a week currently i think that's twice no we're, yeah we're up to twice now Yeah. So we're up to twice now, right? So if we're doing two a week um, and we set our engagement at one month, that's eight emails that they've missed out on. That's still pretty, that's still pretty like excusable, uh, I guess I would say. Um, So we ended up making that one, I think two months and that's like, you know, that's 16 emails. So if you don't open up uh, a DTC email after 16 emails, like you're probably not that engaged with the brand. Uh, And at that point, that's where we want to uh, put you in your own segment and uh, and attempt to either win you back with some really, really catchy subject lines, some really, really high value content um, that we know is hit for the brand before uh, and get you back in the fold so that we can start sending you all the fresh content the fresh amazing content that we know we're putting out. Nice. And then uh, after that, you know, after so much unengagement within that segment, um, we built the the inactive segment. Uh, where, you know, it's basically like what what they call in clavio in and, and some other uh, email service providers, the sunsetter flow, where you basically give somebody a, a last chance or a last ditch offer um, to re-engage with the brand before you decide to purge them from your list. Nice, before the nuclear option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, some people just go nuclear, but it's pretty rare. I think it's pretty rare. I think more people err on the side of they just don't even... Uh, they don't even fathom the idea of, of pulling people from their list because they feel either obligated to keep them there or they feel like there's some value there. Um, and it's, it, it could be marginally true, but I think it's, it's much better to have a clean list of people who really care about your brand, uh, than a large list of people who don't, it's kind of just like you want to treat the people who engage with your brand the most often with your content. Cause your content is valuable.
0: Any other segments, Graham? That you that you sort of on the on the front lines, you find yourself setting up. You found kind of work in campaigns,
2: campaign specific. It really depends. We do uh, a lot of product specific sales, somewhat like a flash sale, and then those you really do need to get very specific with your segmentation. So something that's important is if you have a sale for a specific product, or say a buy product X, get product Y you almost want to exclude some people who have bought that product within the last couple days because the odds of them wanting to buy it again, if they had just bought it are quite low. Even if you are hitting them with a nice deal, it's it's unfortunate timing because you're putting this deal. So it's hard to know if they were wanting to buy a day or two before, but you don't want to hit them with an email right after because it might almost even upset them to see that there's a deal a day after they bought the product. So it's really important to set up segments like that. And even that ties into the view uh, product uh, is that you hit them with that sale because they are someone who has checked out the product if they're one of the ones who haven't bought it just before. So that's something that we've been running some brands that's definitely don't
0: want to miss that. That's a great tip and it's it's like it's like everyone's number one gripe with advertising is is and it's something Google still hasn't figured out or Amazon still hasn't figured out in that after I bought something, I really don't need another you know, whatever it was, I remember there was something on the internal channels the other day about someone getting hit up with a new toilet or something and be like, yeah, was like a toilet one.
2: seat, like yeah. a week after they got a toilet seat, no one's going to get a second one. Yeah.
0: But even that idea of, and I've done this as well, when you're, when you're offering promotions to make sure that people that just bought, you know, you know, make sure that they're not, you know, feeling like they got, they got ripped off. I think that's a, a great, a great instinct as well. The other segment I was wondering about, and it's something that kind of, I, I feel like email and SMS really go hand in hand. Um, and, and I, we always talk about SMS on the uh, on the show, uh, you know, as, as a way to sort of, like, treat your VIP customers. So even before jumping into SMS, that would be another segment I'd like to explore, which is, like, have we ever done something for, like, really for, you know, high-level customers, high-level, your, your most valuable VIP customers? I'll,
1: like, I'll let Graham take it definitely. away on this one because he's actually set up quite a few of these. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've had a few
2: date specific sales or campaigns going out. For example, we de- did a Valentine's Day one a uh, month or so ago and that one we had actually very specific segments for the whole send. It was a different offer for each segment. And wow. so we had a, I believe we did four. So we had people who had never bought, people who had mm-hmm. bought once, people who had bought two to three times and then people who have done plus three. And so the plus three, those are our VIPs. They're highly engaged with the brand. And so you do wanna hit them with a, a special exclusive offer that you don't give to everyone else. And it actually really gives us an opportunity to test and see what we can do to get someone to move from one segment to the next. Cause the goal is to get that conversion, right? So you really do want someone who's never bought before to become a first time buyer. Cause then they're in that new segment for the next time you do a sale similar to that. And you really need to test the segmentation and deal structure a few times in order to figure out what is the little offer that will get someone to convert at each level? Because obviously it's different. Maybe it's just free shipping for someone who's never bought before, but maybe free shipping doesn't work for someone who has bought before. They need a they need a percent discount or something along those lines. So it is definitely super important not to miss out on those kind of opportunities because everyone does need to be treated differently based off of their purchase history.
0: I love it. That's a really great example. There's a. Um... Something we've talked about a few times on here is this. there's a restaurant where, where you go, they keep track of how many times you go there. And each time you go there, mm-hmm. you have a slightly different, more like elevated experience to the point where your tech dinner is free or something like that. And so it, obviously segmenting like this has the effect of um, you know, maybe improving conversions and you know, giving you lots of learnings, but it also is going to just build your customer loyalty because the customers that do recognize that you're recognizing them um, for their loyalty, offering them something special, something unique, it's just going to enhance the customer relationship in in a, in a compounding way. Which is feel like the whole point of email is just like the backbone of your e-commerce in a way, right? That just sort of like really, you know, it, it's the it's the customer relationship that you own the most, right?
2: Yeah, and deals aside, it's also the language in each of those segmentations because you're going to speak to someone who's purchased many times, way different than someone who hasn't. Like you really do treat them and speak to them as someone that you do care about, because you do. They're the most important people to your brand at that point. They're so involved. They're repeat purchasers, and they're people who you want to keep around, because they're always going to be coming back. And so, like I mentioned, you just want to slowly move people, or quickly, if you can, move them into those next levels where you can uh, get them more engaged with the brand and treat them uh, even better than you were before. love it.
0: And then you escalate that to the next level, potentially, which is, you know, use treating your VIPs, you know if you've got a product that has some real scarcity for instance and if you have a product where you're doing drops or where you're dropping new products or launching new products i feel like getting graduating up that top level or or any any you know anyone who will give you their phone number really to be able to tell them you know via sms when these new products drop when there is real scarcity that to me is like a really great use case for sms and your vip clients
1: yeah, we actually um, we, we've we've had a couple clients where this has been massively, massively successful. Eric, you bring up a really, really good point. Um, those people who have uh, you know a certain average order value, the people who have a certain number of orders, or the people who have uh, a total order value of a certain amount, um, when you decide that they're VIP uh, and you message them before. Anybody else? Like even like some. I, I remember Graham one time. I think we did three hours before a product release. We released to, uh, on SMS to our VIP segment, and the revenue from the VIP segment in three hours outweighed the revenue from the uh, from the regular engaged list over like two different um, over two other sends over twenty four hours. So in less than three oh, hours, we, like double that revenue uh, that we did on our engage segment. And that's just because you know that those people are primed, they're ready. And you also tell them, hey, just so you know, because you're a VIP, you got first access in three hours or six hours or 24 hours. We're gonna release this to everybody else so get it first while you can kind of thing and that's where you can add that urgency uh you've got exclusivity in there um you can even give them their own you know their own coupon code which is a really really nice way uh to add like an extra little touch to that to that vip segment um so there's just once you've established that segment uh you can really really play around with it love it or out-of-the-box
0: segments that we've ever tried? I'm thinking like, you just go on your list and you're like, everyone named Mark gets 15% off. And you're like, hey, Mark, all my Marks get 15% off. Like, have we ever tried anything wacky like that?
1: No, but I really
2: like that idea. Honestly, <laughs> I think that would do so well. Imagine getting an email that says, hey, Mark, here's an exclusive deal for Mark. All yeah, Marks get this deal.
0: It's international The coupon Mark. code is Mark. <laughs> it's international <laughs> Mark. The coupon code is Mark. You can even send them to a customized landing page. Potentially, we're getting crazy here. But you could really get some really uh, dynamic stuff there. Okay, I think we've just developed a new kind of thought leadership here, which is always great to have on the podcast.
1: There's um, there, there's a couple other ones that, that have kind of come up recently that I think are are also really cool. And I think that a lot of people don't know these ones exist. Uh, even like long time uh, users or brands that are on Clavio. And I don't know if all other brands have this, this granularity Uh, to their segmentation, like we've worked with lots of other email service providers, and we very rarely see that level of granular segmentation. Um, But one of them is like being able to uh, predict gender. Um, You know, for instance, like we did an audit on a a uh, potential client account, it was it was like a prospective client. um, And they're a men's clothing brand. And they were convinced that they knew everything about their audience. Um, And one of the first things I did was okay, well, you know, this is a men's clothing brand, it's high style, like good looking men's clothing. How many of these people in this audience are actually men? And I looked it up, and it was 37% of their audience was actually female. And they had no idea, right? So like, that just- Buying that, for men or for themselves? I would, well, I would assume for men. I mean- Yeah, because it's men's clothes. You're not gonna yeah. not going to tell you what you need to buy, but- uh, but but that's a, an assumption that you can now go and test, right? So now um, that was like one of the first things I said to them when I when I gave them their audience breakdown, and they said, "Really? There's thirty-seven percent of our audience is female, and it's just that most people don't look, right? You're not typically looking at the um, at the name of the person, and that's how Clavio decides. So it's not like a perfect science, right? It's not it's not an exact percentage, um, but it gives you a, a gauge of, of what your audience actually." Looks like from a gender perspective, and now it gets a little murky. Like you don't want to go, you don't want to take a hard line on a, on content for that, but that could be something where you um, you test putting uh, on a brand that has both male and female versions of their products that you put the female first in the email for the people who are predictably a female, and you put the males first for the um, for the the sex section of that segment that is predictably male. Um, and you can see quite interesting results from that and we, we don't have a ton of brands that we utilize it for but it's really really one of those kind of like it's like one of those like bad mad scientist uh, segments that you can that you can have a lot of fun with. Um, and then the other one uh, that I think is really underrated in Klaviyo that that people really don't know exists is the uh, predicted next purchase date
0: I just want um, to ask about this because every client like they have different life cycles of their of, of their
1: products yeah yeah and and you know de- depending on whether you're a cpg company uh with your where your product is like a 30-day supply or you know you sell or you sell like uh like fo- like photography or or signage or something like that like your product's gonna have a different life cycle um and I'll, I'll be honest i don't fully understand how the segmentation works so it's not one that we utilize for a lot of accounts um Typically it's easiest to do it for a consumable. Um, but it but Clavio takes the frequency of purchase on the on the, the list of people who have multiple purchases and predicts when the next one will be. Um and I think we looked at at like a, a pretty decent list size. Uh it was a small list of people that were actually predicted to purchase within that time span of the actual good being uh, consumed. So but that but that small segment is is like they're 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 the best people you could ask for to send um a campaign to for this product because you know that they're regularly consuming that product we were just talking with Brent on the podcast this
0: week and and you know people wear through their work boots at, at different rates but they do they know when on average people wear through these work boots if you're working every day in these boots so just having that kind of built in would be a really incredible feature for them that's that's a great tip
1: Mm-hmm. And, and then you can also, like, if you have that knowledge and you, and you can set that standard, you can also build those segments yourself, right? Like, if you know your product is a 30-day supply, well, chances are if you send out to people 30 days after a purchase, there's a really good chance that they, that they're going to be looking to buy again. Amazing.
0: I think we covered a lot about email segmentation here. Was there anything that I haven't brought up that I should have asked?
1: Um, I mean, I, I don't think that... I don't think there's anything you haven't brought up that you should have asked, but there, the thing about segmentation is really like, that's where you have the most control as, an, as a mailer or an, a sender of SMS. And um, I just would really encourage people to really explore the options of their platform, um, figure out what sort of unique things um, the platform offers in terms of segmentation. Um, you know, is there, can you utilize that segment in a flow as well as a campaign? Because we didn't even really talk about flows. Like you can segment within a flow, uh, and send people, you know, and send people down different conditional pathways based on, you know, the, the, the frequency of their purchases, the, the amount of their purchases, like things like that. Um, the
0: the segmentations are the audience makeup and then the flows are what you do about it.
1: Yeah. So the, uh, the, and the flows are the automations that you build based on those triggers, um, but you can build segmentation into those as well. It's just a bit of a different, uh, uh, it's almost like a reverse engineering of seg- of segmentation where it's mainly conditional statements that choose that.
0: And then what's the goal? This is one other note that we had here that we didn't quite get to as well Is like, what, what do you see, you know, when people think about segmentation, obviously, you know, if you follow it, you're like, Okay, I could segment. I could segment so much, and each segment could get their own custom. You know, and and it becomes an overwhelming thought with a lot of people about how much customization you can do, how much actual dynamism you can, you can reasonably actually like get into your business and into these customer messages. What should people be aiming for when it comes to, uh, like email customization like this?
1: I mean, yeah, it really depends on how much resources you have to throw at it, right? And that that's a very good point because, uh, you know, uh, if you are a if you are a brand owner and you do your own marketing and your own merchandising, and you also run the website and you know what I mean? Like that's where you're going to have less resources. So you want to really rely on those baked in, um, tried and true segments that, that make your life easier. But if you are a full-time email marketer for a brand or you run multiple brands, uh, or sorry, you run email marketing for multiple brands, there really is a, bunch of options um that you can utilize but i would say like again just kind of to bring it back to the 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 uh, the beginning of the presentation um you know you want to leverage engagement you want to leverage purchase history or purchase intent um product views things like that you, you want to leverage the ones that are going to make your life the, the easiest and then get really really granular from there and, and start customizing the content in your um, in your sense to really, really make an impact for your audience. Very cool. Sure. So a little so bit further yeah.
0: focus down on the yeah. chain
1: there. Um,
0: very cool. Awesome. Well, this has been a very awesome podcast on segmentation, and I think we can kind of continue the conversation in a, in a future one. I know we're going to be working on a workshop, I think, in the upcoming future uh, as well for D2C+ excited for that as the e- the email team just continues to grow eh
1: yeah yeah we're uh, we're we're going on six people soon so we're we're pretty happy you know less than a year ago it was just uh just myself and, and one other uh one other employee and and now we're six strong and uh and I think by the end of the year our, our projection is to have a, a full team of 10 so uh <laughs> and so moved. people
0: are listening we have you know, probably 500 600 people will be listening to this and i'm sure some of them are like how could I work with this deep voiced Jillian and his fine mustachioed friend Cram? Uh, I, I would imagine they, they might, how do people get in touch with
1: you? Uh, yeah, you can, uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter. It's uh Norman J uh, 88 on Twitter. Um, you can reach out to us uh, through the, the pilot house channels or, or, you know, even the, the DTC uh, socials there. Um, and yeah, we're, we are hiring. So if you've got some chops um, in Clavio or any other uh, email service provider, please uh, drop us a line and let us know you're looking because we're always looking to pick up good talent
0: and clients. There's a lot of clients listening as well out there. You want to work with pilot house. You want to work with Julian get in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Always I, looking for more clients. Cause I know more we're clients just starting means more employees.
1: So your clients better.
0: means crazier team because I know we're starting at pilot house to take on like right now. I think a lot of the clients we bring on are, are on a, with us for Facebook, with us for Google. But, but I I know that w- with the amount of hires and the, the thought leadership that you're bringing to the table here, you're also looking for clients that will get email first and then bring in the
1: other way. Yeah, and it's actually been, it, it's kind of been interesting. The, uh, the, the, the flow of deals has really uh, started to change in that way where, you know, before it was kind of, uh, email was included in a deal where now we're actually actively going out and hunting our own deals uh, or or pulling in clients who've been on Facebook for like for, you know, over a year or more with uh, Pilot House and just don't have a team uh, to manage their email or their SMS. So yeah, it's, it's been really cool developing the, the, the division has been it's been such a wild ride, but I, I can't—I uh, can't say I have any regrets at all. I'm really, really excited. And Graham's been there almost from the beginning with me as well, so uh, he'll be—he'll be moving up, moving up as we expand. Nice. Well, congratulations <laughs> on that,
0: and enjoy the rest of your Friday. Are you guys gonna come to the uh, Pilot House happy hour?
1: Oh yeah, man, of course. A happy hour for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, I might have to run to the beer store, but I will be at the happy hour. Thank <laughs> you very much for coming on All Killer No Filler today. And I, was, so much, Eric. Yeah.
1: Perfect, thank you for having us. Yeah, really, really, uh, really always a good time, man. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple hours.